most of us are resilient most of the time. Mm. And anything we can do to cultivate a daily habit, and it could only, it's only needs to be like five minutes or two minutes a day, but a daily habit of actually doing something that either calms us down, strengthens us, or inspires us. Hello, friend. It's Wendy Valentine, your hostess with the Midlife Mostess, coming at you live from the RV. Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. If you are ready to get unstuck, take courageous action, and reclaim your life, I am the wild and wise woman for you. Let me tell you, I've been there. I've gone through divorce. I was at a job I definitely didn't love. I've lost some amazing people in my life, and I have cried buckets of tears along the way. The great news is that I've made it through to the other side. Oh, yeah. My breakdown became my breakthrough. I know your greatest breakthrough is on the other side of saying yes to life. It's time to stop being stuck and stop playing small. It's time to go from surviving to thriving. If you're done living a life that doesn't set your soul on fire, this is the podcast for you. Let's get this midlife party started, shall we? Thank you to Distant Drums RV Resort for supporting my show today. Distant Drums is a premier RV resort located in the beautiful, sunny Verde Valley of Arizona. It is a short drive to some of the top destinations in the country and even the world, including Sedona, Jerome, and my favorite, the Grand Canyon. They are known for their excellent customer service, a clean and organized park, and insanely gorgeous views. I know this all to be true because this little RVer is staying at Distant Drums. Thank you again for sponsoring my show and providing a wonderful place to stay. Contact information for Distant Drums is in the show notes. We have an exciting show today, you guys. I am so incredibly humbled to have such a beautiful and incredible woman as our guest on the show. You are going to learn some simple steps that you can take on a daily basis that will help you to get unstuck, motivate you through the muck of midlife, I like how that sounds, and inspire you to create lasting, positive changes. You will love it. Before we get started, though, I want to let you know that I'm running a little springtime special on the Midlife Makeover Method online course. The course is currently priced at $197, and if you use the code Midlife Makeover, all one word, all capital letters, you will receive $100 off, which brings the price down to only $97. Oh my gosh. Get it while you can at this price. I'm hoping this helps you to spring your midlife into action. Go to windyvalentine.com and click on the Courses tab to get started. And now let's get started on the introduction of our fabulous guest, Dr. Maria Sirwa, I hope I pronounced that right, whom I had the pleasure to meet a few years ago at Kripalu in Massachusetts, where I received my certification in positive psychology through the Whole Bean Institute. Maria is a positive psychologist, consultant, and inspirational speaker who works globally in the intersection of well-being and resilience. Hello, Maria. Welcome to the hey, show. Hey, Wendy. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well today. Today's a good day. Today's a good day. Yeah, that's right. Uh, So tell everyone a little bit about you, 
and why you do what you do. Um, so let's see, Maria Sirwa, positive psychologist, consultant, and lecturer in the field of resilience. And I do that. I focus on resilience because I was so inspired decades ago when I was working with children facing cancers and other blood diseases to meet families in the most difficult moment of their lives and witness some of them actually grow, actually become stronger as individuals and as a system. And I was just incredibly moved and admiring of their capacity and wanted to know more about that. And that's been my life's work for three decades. I love it. Yeah, I was actually looking, I was looking on your website before and that book that you wrote, uh, Everyday Counts. Mm -hmm. And so what, what do you think that is of why through sorrow or sadness, why that is that they kind of build that together and have that, what do you think that is? I think at a certain level, what happens to all of us, look, difficult things happen. We kind of fall apart, right? Everybody does. That's, that's what it means to be human. Like things disintegrate, but resilient folk bring to real conscious awareness that the reality that they have a choice. I can either go through this hellish time thoughtfully and make some decisions about what's good for my health and well-being, what will sustain me, what will sustain the people I care about, or I could go through it reactively and kind of make things harder for myself and for others. So resilience really starts from this place of personal leadership, like it's an inside job. Right, right. What about for you? Have you dealt with something in your own personal life that has helped you, whether the things that you've learned from other people and you've got to apply that in your own life? Never. My life has been perfect. Oh, Wendy. good. Mine too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I can't even, I can't even list for you how many difficult moments, including the painful divorce and the consequences of that for my children. Um, two moments, including the pandemic, when my business was completely flipped upside down and had to rebuild everything. Um, so yeah. I've had a taste of some of the, the hard stuff, acknowledging not as hard a life as many, many on the planet, but plenty of opportunities to be in that situation where the old things fell apart overnight. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're in this crossroad moment. Like, how do I show up in the presence of this? Right? How how do I move forward? How do I sustain myself? How do I even at the largest extent cultivate this very difficult moment as a moment of opportunity? You know, how do I grow? Mm -hmm. What do you feel? So if someone is at a place, especially people at midlife, you know, you probably have experienced a lot of trauma and drama, right? You get to midlife and you're like, just stuck. What do you (laughs) feel helps them go? Okay, I've got to make, you know, it's like, it's either this way or it's this way. How do you how do you help someone try to like shift that thinking to go in that direction of moving forward in their life? Yeah. So I have three ideas. The first is absolutely prioritize positive moments. By that I mean prioritize the things that you love that make you happy, that give you energy, vitality, even even when you're exhausted like just like a tiny moment each day 
to put yourself in a state of positivity. And the reason I suggest that is because when we are in states of positivity, there's energy, there's vitality, and we have enough sort of in the system to make wiser, better choices about how to move forward. So positivity is number one. Number two, really seek out stories of exemplars, people you admire who've made the courageous leap that you're that you're kind of struggling with, you know, a leap toward greater authenticity or a leap toward greater happiness or a leap toward taking a risk in life. Like find those examples. And I like there have been times in my life I've done bulletin boards of like, they did that, she did that, he did that, you know, like so I can do this, right? Right, right. So that's the second. And the third is to understand that most of us are resilient most of the time. Mm. And anything we can do to cultivate a daily habit, and it could only, it's only needs to be like five minutes or two minutes a day, but a daily habit of actually doing something that either calms us down, strengthens us, or inspires us. Mm-hmm. Resilient folk take the day because like you and I know it's April 12th. We may not have April 13. Like we don't know. Right. We, we have today. And so you take the day and you shape it in a way that actually works for you. And you just build on that every day. Yeah. Build on it every day as if, because here's the cool thing, Wendy. Mm-hmm. Let's say I decide to do just two minutes of gratitude every day or one minute of affirmations or four minutes of journaling about my dreams, right? Let's just say I make a commitment. It's just a few minutes every single day, 10 minutes of yoga postures, right? What I'm teaching myself, in addition to teaching myself the daily habit, whatever that habit is, in addition to receiving the benefits of that particular habit. So we know gratitude, for example, elevates optimism, um, contentment, social bonding, et cetera. Right. In addition to the benefits, the other thing we are showing ourselves is that I matter to myself. Mm-hmm. My day matters and I matter to myself and I'm going to take myself seriously and shape the day so it serves me. Right. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. The last podcast that I did, the last episode, I had talked a little bit about my story and, you know, a lot of people will see me, they're like, oh, she's so happy. She's probably has such an easy life. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But really what it's come down to in my life is that I've learned how to get up quicker. Yeah. And it is practicing that resilient muscle and strengthening that. And, and through all of those, through all the trauma and drama I've learned, I'm like, I looked at each thing, like, this is an opportunity. I've got to learn something about myself. And for me, I, I never put myself on the top of the list. And I think, especially mm-hmm. as women, we think like, oh, well, if we put ourselves on the top of the list, that's being selfish. I need to take care of everybody else first. And I feel like sometimes you get to midlife and it's like, okay, especially, you know, you become an empty nester and like you're left with yourself. Like, okay, well, now is the time to put myself on the top of the list. I I actually talked to someone the other day and she made the comment. She said, I feel so selfish taking care of myself. Yeah. And so how, how do you, how do you help someone to realize it's okay? It's okay to love yourself and to take care of yourself without feeling selfish. 
Yeah, I think there's a misunderstanding that many of us have, especially here in the West. I can't speak to people from the East, but mm. here in our culture, well, there's a misunderstanding about the difference between self-care and selfishness. Mm-hmm. And the reality is when we look at people who practice daily self-care, they actually have more of the good stuff in them to keep showing up to the things they want to take care of in the world with less resentment, less exhaustion, less illness, less rumination, less anxiety, less jealousy, et cetera. So if I'm here to cultivate hope through my teachings and trainings to have the energy to do that, it actually serves my audiences to care for myself. Right. Right. So yeah. we, we think it's an either or. Either I care for myself or I take care of others. And the reality is there's a beautiful, I, the image I like to use when I, and I teach a class on masterful self-care is that it's an infinity loop. As I care for myself, I have energy and vitality to show up for the things that are meaningful for me. As I show up for the things that are meaningful for me, hopefully I remind myself that I matter and it's okay to care for myself. Like, you know, they, they feed each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as, as you know, we met, through um, Whole Bean Institute, Positive Psychology. And one of the things that I remember most through the whole thing was, and I don't know who said it, could have been you, was that we are we are human beings being human. And that we're just here, like, it's just who we are. Like, I, I feel like sometimes we try to push away uh, sadness or, or loss or like, okay. Or grief, like, okay, you know, we're supposed to be happy all the time. Like, no, we got to, you know, you're a human being. It's okay to feel those things. And for me personally, I, I lost my brother, went through a divorce like two, three years ago, went through just a ton of losses. And I told myself because I'd lost my husband 20 plus years ago. And I thought this time, I'm going to grieve. I'm like actually going to give myself the gift of grieving, if you will, because I didn't grieve 20 plus years ago. And as you know, crap, you know, it catches up with you. (laughs) So I was like, oh, here it is. So I feel like, and I want to hear more of what your thoughts are too, with that of like, when we come to a point, like what, you know, whether it's going to be divorce uh, death and especially people at midlife, you're going to start to experience a lot of these different losses, whether it's losing your parents or whatever the case is. That when you get to that point, how to how to face it without, yeah. um, I guess, completely crumbling to the point, you know. But it's okay to like have those down days though too. That's where you know that work in positive psychology around the genius of the and is so helpful, right? That mm-hmm. that it turns out human beings can hold multiple experiences at the same time. So I can be sad and generative. I can be worried and strategic. I can be um, frustrated and hopeful at the same time. And I'm not alone. Most of us are capable of doing that once we know that it is possible and that that's actually what resilience looks like. Resilience doesn't look like being strong all the time or not. It actually looks like holding multiple emotions, multiple kinds of thoughts and choosing the healthiest course of action for the next better moment, right? I love that. So for you, like what you just, you know, shared about your own life is, you know, choosing, I, I'm going to grieve. I'm going to allow myself to feel what I feel. That's a healthy choice, as painful as it is. Even as you're doing that, you're teaching yourself permission to grieve and feel sorrow and all that happens when you lose someone. 
and permission to take yourself seriously enough to honor what you need, right? Both of those at the same time. Yeah. And I was listening to a a podcast the other day. I can't think of her first. Her last name is Kane. She just came out with a book. Um, Susan Kane. Yes. And she talked about how there's a difference between, you know, melancholy or sadness and depression, you know, and, and it's, if someone is sad for a day or two, that doesn't mean they're like, oh my gosh, like they're going under, you know? And I used to think that about myself too. Like, oh my gosh, it's like, but now I know, and I'm so glad you say it's like a choice. It is a choice. Like, okay, I'm going to choose to be sad right now. I'm going to go sit in the corner, ball my eyes out and just get all out. And then, okay, let's go. Let's like pick myself back up off the floor. And I, I feel like, especially in these last few years with everyone gone through so much uh, in the world, it is a lot about picking yourself back up, you know? Yeah. So what do you feel, what do you feel is the best advice to give to someone that is like, they're in the dumps right now. They're like, they, they cannot, can't like barely even like, can't even see the light. Okay. So let's imagine that you're in midlife right? A, a chunk of life has come your way. It's had its effect on you. Not all of it is good. And most of it maybe was quite difficult and you can recalibrate starting today. So number one, to just, just take this day as the beginning, right? This is where there's so much wisdom around like the AA groups and so on, because they're so smart about the fact that the healthiest of us choose to start from today. Yesterday's gone. We don't know what the future's going to bring. We start from here. That's number one. Number two, learn to shape your day in a way that either calms you down, inspires you, or strengthens you just a few minutes every day. Look for people you admire who have made the kind of that you want to make and begin to think about what is it about them that I admire so much and how can I activate that more in my life? Mm-hmm. And then three, you know, continue to be open to, to wonder, to surprises. I mean, life is horrific. It's also astonishingly beautiful. And the most resilient of us keep our eyes and ears open for the good in life. It's like a, the well we drink from. No, yeah, you're exactly right. And, uh, I know we were talking a little bit before we started, but a lot of the the comments I receive from people is that they just, oh, I would like to do that. It's too late. I've already, you know, or even if their spouse had passed away years ago, they can't seem to imagine a different life, that they actually do have that power to, and maybe that's what it is, and them not realizing that they have that power to create the life that they want. And most of us, and many of us sometimes get caught up in thinking, I would, I would have to change everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to, I have to work out. I have to get more fit. I have to get happier. I have to change my relationships. I need a better job and I need to move like, well, oh my God, no, <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no one does that. Well, But could you choose one arena to focus on Mm -hmm. and make small change? I mean, you've all seen the stories of the person who decided to start exercising. And then because they were exercising, they ate more healthily because they ate more healthily. They felt better about themselves because they felt better about themselves. They started joining more groups. And so social connections grew because social connections grew. They were happier, more people drawn toward them. That's that positive upward spiral we, we know about in pause psych, right? So start focused and small and build in the practice of shaping the day. Right. 
Yep. You're exactly right. And me personally, you know, the past I've been guilty of uh, like, oh my gosh, I get so overwhelmed because there's so much I want to change. And then I'm like, ah, and then, but I've learned just little teensy tiny things that you seriously make such a huge difference to where then a year from now you wake up and you're like, oh, well, I really have changed quite a bit in so many different areas of my life rather than trying to revamp your whole life within 24 hours, which is so, you know, especially with social media and everything is done so quickly and instantly. We think yeah. that that's how life is supposed to be too. <laughs> you know, you put something out there, it comes right back. Like, no, that's not the case. I was at a book club the other night and we were joking about a posting that had been done on social media by a famous person about, you know, the meal that she and her family were sitting down to. And we were just cracking ourselves up because, yeah, that's possible when you have a chef, two nannies, <laughs> someone cleaning your house, and you don't actually have to put in a full-time work day, right? Like, that's possible yeah. to have a dinner like that. Yeah. I could do that if I had a staff of five. But here's the thing. Yeah. We do that. We compare ourselves, right? Everybody's life journey is different. So my next best resilient step is going to look different than yours. Your, mm. the, the other thing we can do, Wendy, I, I love this practice. I've been elevating it more since the pandemic is to periodically pause like every couple of months and look back and say, how have I grown in the last two months? Like, what do I know now that I didn't know at the beginning of the year? What can I do now that I didn't know last year? Like pause and reflect how you've grown. Cause a lot of times we have grown, we've gotten wiser. We just don't credit ourselves for it. Yeah, we're we're quite good at looking at the past and giving ourselves a hard time of what we didn't do rather than celebrating ourselves. I mean, this right here, not the hair, but inside <laughs> our head. It's like it's either gonna be your cheerleader, your best cheerleader, or your best critic. And it's like going back to what you're saying, like about the choices and, yeah. and choosing, like, okay, that that thought's not serving me well. Like that's not right. like, I, I don't want to stay with this emotion too much longer. This doesn't feel very good, you know? Yeah. I have a bunch of um, 20 year olds in my life and I'm constantly saying to them, okay, that's a thought. It's not the truth. It's just a thought or that's a feeling. Right. <laughs> and that feeling doesn't have to drive your behavior. You've got access to other feelings as well. Like yeah. just because you think a thing doesn't mean that that has to be the determination of how you're going to act that day. Or just because you have a certain feeling doesn't mean that the whole day is, you know, crap. I mean, right. we we get caught up in, like, I, I always think about it as that wake-up moment. Like, you wake up and you don't, eh, you don't feel great. And so you decide the whole day is terrible. Right. Or you wake up and you feel good. But then you look outside and it starts raining. And you think, oh, well, that's it. The day's <laughs> done. Like, we... We, we are a little naughty about, we get fixed in a certain position or stance and we think that's, that's it forever. I mean, just no, speaking from the world of death and dying, I mean, I have seen people lose a child and appear seemingly stuck for years. And then a mo there's a day literally when they wake up and they go, okay, okay, I'm ready to move yeah. forward now. Mm -hmm. Right. And permission permission to take as long as it takes and permission to grow both, both permissions. Yeah. yeah and I, I'm, I've always been so fascinated uh, by human beings and 
resiliency and what they're able to overcome. I, I, that amazes me when sometimes like we look at some of these people and like what you were saying before too, like you look at some of these people that are able to overcome things in their life. Like, how did you do that? You know, like how did like, what, what were the, what was that, that day in that moment? I mean, I've always been even people that with addictions where they, there's that moment where you're like, can't do it done. You know, like people that literally like just quit cold Turkey. And there's like, I think right. it's fascinating that people have that. And you had said a while back about like, we're actually are very resilient. We're practicing resiliency all the time. We just don't give ourselves credit for it. And yeah, we are extremely powerful and it's just tapping into that and, and using that willpower that we, we all really have. Sometimes I think we stay away from it so that we can (laughs) stay in that rut, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was, I remember I was working with a bunch of single moms once in a group, a community setting and they didn't see themselves as resilient. They thought resilience was really reserved for people who were strong all the time or happy all the time or, you know, some elevated status. Right? And I was teaching them some practices and they were like, well, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And I, and I'm, I said, fair enough. This is new, right? Like you haven't done it and you, because you didn't know it was an option. Now you know it's an option. But let's also reflect on what you haven't, the other things you haven't done. Mm-hmm. You haven't gotten angry at your child and beat their head against the wall. You haven't gotten frustrated with the low paying job and caused physical harm to your boss. You haven't stopped feeding your children, even though it was difficult. You haven't. So sometimes it's actually this paradoxical twist that we have to acknowledge the ways in which we actually have held things together pretty damn well Mm -hmm. in the face of difficult odds. As as uh, to start seeing ourselves as resilient, yeah, right, yep, right. yeah. And so, what what do you think for for some? Let's say they're like, all right, I'm ready to to change my life. I'm ready to get unstuck. How do they go from hi, I'm here and I want to be over there? How can they start to make those changes in their life? I know you mentioned like making little changes here and there, but what are some like real simple steps that they can go, okay, I need to change my life. Now what? So a a few things, that daily practice habit, right? One thing a day that either inspires you, strengthens you, or calms you. Figure out what that is. Second approach is to invest in the relationships that actually nourish you and start start uncoupling from the relationships that drain you or, or, or set healthy boundaries around them. Right. Mm-hmm. Our relational sustenance is so important. And most of us actually find courage when we know we're not alone in a journey, when someone is cheerleading us forward. Right. Yeah. Um, the third thing we can do is, you know, I know everybody's heard it, but move your body like exercise changes your neurochemistry which puts you in a better position to make wiser decisions. So even if it's just that gentle walk outside, you know, move your body. Mm-hmm. I, that's where I would start. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I talk a lot about that as well. And just, uh, and really just having faith in yourself that you can, can make those changes, you know? I mean, I learned so much in positive psychology and and some people are like, oh, positive. It's all just positive. Well, no, it's not all just positive. It is. 
it is uh, it's as opposed to negative psychology, but um, it is about tapping into what that positive is and keep like that's the north star, you know, just keep yep. heading towards that. I feel, um, yeah, yeah. So tell us more about where we can find you and what all you're up to. Um, so website, my name Maria Sirwa.com has lots of information about upcoming appearances and free stuff that I offer as well. Um, I'm often teaching through Whole Being Institute um, or Kripalo Center in Lenox, Massachusetts, or doing consulting through wholeleader.com. Those are two main organizations. And, um, you know, I'm I'm doing a number of things. I'm doing some, I'm starting to write another book, a third book. Um, on a character strength called Appreciation of Beauty and Excellence and how that elevates our own resilience, but also our goodness toward the world. And yeah, just looking forward to more speaking and teaching and training in this gorgeous field. Well, like I told you before, you're like one of my favorite teachers. That I, The one thing I loved about you is that you were so real and genuine. <laughs> you know what I mean? You were like, I'm going to come out on stage and give this super duper polished speech and you were just like, yep, I'm Maria and here's my story and here's, yeah, and I love that. I think nowadays, especially again, like with social media and the, <laughs> the perfect little dinners and things like that, people want genuine and authentic and real. And yeah. that is what I have always loved about you. And that's why I even contacted you. I was like, I know she'll be real. So like, I don't want any fluffy stuff, you know, but you're Maybe. awesome. What are the, um, what are the two books that you have right now? So Everyday Counts was my first book. It's uh, the story of my initial training year at a cancer institute in Boston, working with kids with cancer and what they had to teach me about resilience and faith and growth and hope. Um, the second book, A Short Course in Happiness After Loss and Other Dark, Difficult Times, is really an integration of honoring and respecting the territory of all kinds of losses, not just death, and what positive psychology can bring to, to actually help us integrate that experience so we move toward wholeness. And then this book, I'm, I've just started it on beauty and excellence, so we'll see where that goes. I love it. And what's so what's beauty and excellence going to be about? So it turns out, Wendy... <laughs> that when we pay attention to either what is beautiful to us in the world, like natural beauty, mm -hmm. to what we admire deeply in terms of excellence, like, a, you know, design or art or um, crafting like the perfect speech or a beautiful quilt, right? We pay attention to natural beauty to excellence or to moral beauty, which is moral goodness, stories of human beings at their best. Yeah. Though that character strength, those three elements of that character strength cultivate within us optimism, strength, resilience, a grounded hope. But they also trigger an action tendency to be more like those exemplars. Mm -hmm. They trigger the action tendency to protect what we find beautiful. So if I find hummingbirds beautiful, I'm more likely to protect their habitat mm -hmm. or at least not cause harm to it. So I want to really explore how these moments of appreciation of beauty and excellence benefit every single one of us individually, and they contribute to the betterment of the world. I love it. 
So we'll see. Get started. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it's like it's well, that's in itself is a is a journey, you know. Right? It's like uh, who knows where it's going to turn out. But I love it. It'll be nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, and stay in touch. And I hope to see you again someday. I hope so too, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you. And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one. Resilient people realize they have a choice to be proactive or reactive through a difficult experience. Number two, resiliency comes from a place of personal leadership. It's an inside job. Number three, if you're stuck in midlife, here are three simple ways to help you get unstuck. Number one, prioritize positive moments. Put yourself in a state of positivity. Number two, Seek out stories and examples of people that have made the leap towards a better life. And number three, cultivate a daily habit of doing something that calms you, strengthens you, or inspires you. Those are so helpful, Maria. Thank you. Back to our little nuggets of wisdom. Number four, people that practice daily self-care have more of the good stuff in them to keep showing up to take care of the world around them. Number five, human beings can hold multiple experiences at the same time. Resiliency is holding multiple emotions and choosing the healthiest course of action. I love that. Number six, start small and continue to make small changes every day. Number seven, pause every couple of months and reflect how you have grown. Number eight, Invest in relationships that nourish you and begin to uncouple or set boundaries in the relationships that do not nourish you. Maria, thank you so much for being on the show. You are absolutely amazing, and I can't wait for your new book. Please check out Maria's website at M-A-R-I-A-S-I-R-O-I-S.com for all her upcoming events books, and courses. I will leave all the links in the show notes for you. If you'd like to see this interview on video, please subscribe to the Midlife Makeover Show YouTube channel. And if you're not already, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Wendy underscore Valentine underscore, where it's always a party on my page. One more thing, make sure you use your spring coupon code Midlife Makeover and sign up for the Midlife Makeover Method online course for only $97 to spring your midlife into action. All right, get out there, be bold, be free, be you. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change, or make you spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are a few ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it onto social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, Share it with another midlifer who needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Okay, friend, I am so grateful for you, and I can't wait to hear from you. Cheers from the RV. Here's to taking the road less traveled.